Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, I've got a very exciting message. We're going to hear part number four of the series entitled, How's Your Heart? And let me tell you right now, my friends, there is more to you than meets the eye. Because you are a born-again believer, God has given you the right to become sons of God. We're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more as we continue to discover the condition of our hearts. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org for the latest and the greatest right here from Kingdom Rock. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, How's Your Heart? Part number four, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, in the book of Matthew, Matthew the fifth chapter, Matthew 5 verse 8, we're going to continue uh, today Uh, We're going to start there and we're going to continue in the series entitled, How's Your Heart? This is officially part number four of that series, How's Your Heart? God is divinely positioning you for revival. He's divinely positioning you to be most effective in this end time uh, generation, in this end time move of God, in these end times. He's positioning you. So uh, the question that the father has on his heart for you is, how's your heart? How's your heart? All right. Let's going back now. We're going back now to Matthew five, verse number eight. And this is what it says. Blessed. Oh, can we read it together? Well, let's try to read it together. Ready? Let's go. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. One more time. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, that verse is so powerful. It takes, it's going to take us a matter of weeks or months really to dive into all of it. And then, of course, uh, we won't, still won't see all of it. We'll only see as much as we can handle or tolerate uh, at the moment, as we can hold, uh, if you will. All right. I want to bring your attention to just a few words here, and then we're going to try our best to go deeper today in God's rich word. The Bible says again, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The word pure here uh, means clean, and it also means purified by fire. Say purified by fire. Free from corrupt desire. It also means uh, free from sin and guilt. So when you think about the word pure, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Again, the word pure means, uh, one definition is purified by fire. So when someone has a pure heart, understand uh, the word pure there is really a past tense. Because this person has been purified. In other words, they have gone through a process. And the destination is pure heart. In other words, they didn't start out that way. But they've gone through a process. They have allowed allowed the spirit of God to take them through a process. And their heart has been purified. And now they see God. And we're going to talk more about that. I really want to get into the word God there, theos there in the Greek. And we're really going to get into that. I pray we are able to today. 
uh, to really get into God's word because there's so much, there's so much rich word here. It, it is just incredible. But I want you to understand here again, it says, bless all the pure in heart. In other words, those that have allowed themselves to go through the process of purification. Those that have allowed themselves to go through the process of purification. One of the first steps of the purification is that you have to admit that your heart is not pure. That it is not free from defilement. That it is not free from sin or, the, or, or guilt. That it, it is not f- free from uh, impure thoughts or impure things. We have to admit that, there's, that there is still some part of us that is rebellious toward God. Amen. One of the first steps here again of having that purified heart is to admit where you are. Amen. You have to admit where you are. We know where we want to go. Yes. Where we want to go is pure heart. Yes. And I'm telling you. The closer we get to that, the closer we get to that in state purified heart, the closer we get to that, you can expect more and more changes. And I pray we get to that today as well, because there's so much more here. But I want you to see something now, as you're still there in Matthew, the fifth chapter. Let me draw your attention to how a pure heart looks or some of the signs of a pure heart and what exactly the Lord is talking about about having a pure heart. As we're still here in Matthew, uh, we've just read Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number eight. Now let's go down to verse number 20. As we begin to discover what having a pure heart looks like, we see some examples of it. And the Lord really clarifies what he's talking about. Because let me, let me just reiterate. In this end of time, it's going to be more important than ever for you to have a pure heart. Because again, the pure in heart will see God. Let me give you just a tiny bit. God here in the Greek means theos. And theos does mean God as in God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. But it also means God and the things relating to God. God and the things relating to him. Or the things resembling him. Or the things that belong to him. In these end times which we're living in right now, when there seems to be a scarcity of resources for many people, you're going to need to know what is of God and what is not of God. You're going to need to be able to, as it were, trace the hand of God, see where God is moving, see where he is providing, see what he has given or else you will walk in darkness. You walk like a natural man having no hope if you're unable to see God. The Bible, the Bible declares again that God is light. God is light. So the pure in heart will see the light. So if we cannot see light, then that must mean that we simply, we see darkness. It is a pure in heart in these last times. I cannot, I cannot emphasize that to you enough. The importance of having a pure heart in these dangerous times. Hallelujah. So let's look at verse number 20. As we're still here in Matthew 5 and verse 8. It says, for I say to you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Out of the King James Version. 
except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, who are they? Simply, they were the religious leaders. They were those who kept an external appearance of religion. In other words, they tried their best just to do the right things or just to do uh, religious works. But their heart was far from God. They had an external uh, picture. Now, the Lord, I love the way the Lord explained it. He said that they were like whitewashed tombs, clean and pretty and white on the outside. But inwardly, they were filled with dead men's bones. The Lord said, if you're right, he said, your righteousness must must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. In other words, it's not just enough just to do something good or to do something religious. The right heart has to be in place. Are you hearing? Let me give you an example. Let's go down to verse number 21. And the Lord says, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of what? The judgment. Again, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But listen, but I say, I love this. But I say unto you, so the Lord is changing some things, moving us from the external to the internal. He said, but I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause uh, shall be in danger of the judgment. So we look at the physical act of killing someone. The Lord moves it from the physical act of the things that can be seen to the things that cannot be seen of being angry with your brother without a cause. Does that make sense? He moves it from the physical and he takes it in and says, how is your heart? Let's look on down to verse, uh, verse number 27. It says, ye have heard that it was said by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. External act that we can all see. But I say unto you, I love that. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath Committed adultery with her already where in his heart. So he moves it from the external, the righteousness of the Pharisees and and scribes. He moves it to the internal. Now he says, if you even look at a woman to lust after her, you've already done it. It's already accounted to you as adultery. It's already on your account as adultery. Oh, my Jesus. I should hear the men saying, save me, Lord. Are you hearing? Well, it goes same thing for the women as well. Save us, Lord. So these are internal things. God says your righteousness has to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Not just putting on a holy appearance one day a week, one hour a week, looking like you're saved, sanctified, looking all holy and prim, looking like a holy roller. Enough. No, your righteousness has to exceed that. Yes, those outward actions are good, but the heart matters most. Say the heart. Let me show you another example of this in Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 18 through 20. This one I'll read for you out of the New Living Translation. Let me tell you again, it is important that we focus on the condition of our hearts. You must focus on the condition of your heart. The heart will come first 
and then the external will follow. The heart will come first, and then the external will follow um, uh, the internal. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Let me give you another example here. Matthew 15, verses 18 through 20 of the New Living Translation. Listen to how it says. As they were having a discussion, the Pharisees and scribes again having a discussion of washing hands before you eat. They made this so important that if someone did not wash hands before they eat, they called them defiled, unholy, unfit for God because they didn't wash their hands. While it is a good idea to wash your hands before you eat, it is not a condition of defilement. Are you hearing? It's a good answer. Wash it's a good idea to wash your hands before you prepare the food. If you disagree with that, please let me know. It's a good idea to fix your, to wash your hands before you fix somebody's plate. We have a dinner here or a lunch uh, the first Sunday with cake and everything. It's a good idea for you to wash your hands before you fix everybody's plate. Praise Jesus. Let's move on. We would all appreciate it. So washing hands before you're eating is always a good thing. But making it a religious tradition that brings you next to godliness is not of God. They said if you didn't wash your hands, hey, you're defiled. Hey, God doesn't like you. So they made something good evil. And so here's Jesus. He's confronted with that. And he tells them, this is what defiles a person. Let's see. And this is actually what he said here. Um, goes right in what, what, with what we were talking about. Matthew 15 verse 18 says, but the, but the words uh, you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. Uh, verse um, 19, for from the heart come evil thoughts. From the heart, say from the heart. From the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, uh, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. And he uh, closes the discussion. All right? But understand, all these sins come from the heart. If you stop it in the heart, you'll stop it in your hands. Does that make sense? It's like dominoes. If we have a lot of dominoes set up here uh, and one is just one right, beh right behind the other. And if you strike the last one, rather first one, then they're all going to topple down and fall. Correct. Amen. But you don't have to worry about them. The last one here falling or any of them falling. If you if you hold off and don't let the very first one in line fall. Okay. We're over here the other side where they're falling and we're cursing this side. Oh, it fell again. It fell again. It fell again. fell again. I am such a terrible person. I allowed it to fall again. I can't believe I did it, Jesus. I can't believe I did it. Are you hearing? That's the effect. The cause is in the heart. Does that make sense to you? Stop crying over the effect. The cause is in the heart. Let me say that again. Stop crying or wailing over the effect. The cause is in the heart. If you fix the heart, you'll fix the effect. So the Lord brings to our attention the, the heart. Now, let's see if we can go a little, little bit deeper. 
The Bible says again that the pure in heart, those that have allowed themselves to go through a purification process. Now, again, this is not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. And it is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to ask God to create in you a clean heart. Now, as he does that, you're going to see how he will bring up old stuff before your eyes. And you're going to think, oh, I thought I'd forgiven. Oh, I, I, I thought that you know, I let that go. Oh, I didn't know that that still made me angry. Oh, I didn't know that that was still in me. That old boyfriend, that old girlfriend, you know, whatever. Oh, I didn't know that was still in me. I didn't know I still felt that way about him or her. Are you hearing? I didn't know that that was in me. What's happening? As the Lord begins to purify your heart, all that negative rises to the top. Think about purifying gold. As gold is purified, some of you have gold at home yet you purify. Maybe not. But you may have seen it done before on television or something, right? As you put the gold into a container that is hot, I mean lava hot, 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 hot. The gold is purified and the impurities inside the gold begins to rise to the top. And then they'll take some form of metal device or something and they will wipe off the impure things and throw that away. And what's left is pure. It has been purified. It has been sanctified. Are you hearing? So some old things will rise to the top. And once they rise to the top, you confess them before God and ask him to cleanse you of those things. Are you hearing? So the Lord says again, the pure in heart shall see God. We know that God wants to appear. He wants to be seen. And this is a supernatural sight, something that only God can give you. This is a open vision. And God, again, is purifying or he's conditioning our hearts uh, so that we may see him. And as a result, we'll become like him. And we were talking about that for the last uh, few sessions As a result of you seeing God, you'll become like him and you'll be greatly used by him in these last times, these uh, these end times. Seeing God makes you become like him and being like him will cause you to do great miraculous things in these last days. Does that make sense? So where are we heading to? We're heading to you becoming more than what you are. For you becoming the person that you are destined to become. Let's talk more about that. In 2 Corinthians, you don't have to get this. You can just listen if you want. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We talked about this last time. But we all with open face beholding as, as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. From glory to glory. Uh, even as by the spirit of the Lord, God is changing you as he's working on your heart. He's changing you. And the more changes your heart goes through, the more you will begin to see him. Picture, if you will, a, a window, a window that is covered with mud on one side. It's just filthy, just a filthy mirror, or rather a window. Well, you know, outside is out there. You're inside. You know the outside is out there. You can kind of see some of the light. It's it's daytime. You can kind of see some of the light. But the more, listen, the more you clean that window off, the more you see outside. 
And the more you begin to feel the warming rays of the sun that come through the window. Well, the more God deals with your heart, the more you'll be able to see him. The more pure, purified your heart becomes, the more you'll be able to see God and the things relating to God. It is a process. Everybody understand? I want you to notice too in 1 John, uh, 1 John third chapter. Let's look at this one more time. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are ye, say now. Say now. Say now. Now are we the sons of God. Right now. We are the sons of God. Remember, son not denoting gender as in male or female, but son denoting it's a title. Uh, talking about position of favor and honor with God. All right. So we ladies, I pray you have no problem being called a son because the church is also called the bride. Amen. If I can be called a bride, you can be called a son. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. So don't get caught up in don't be caught up in these earthly these earthly thinkings or these earthly pictures because it's something completely different now we are the sons of God the word son also means offspring we are his offspring we are his children we're the children of God we look like him we resemble him this is happening and has happened now this should be our new reality in the way we look at ourselves. It said, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. When we see him, we'll become like him. But I am right now, you are right now, born again believer, you are right now the offspring of God, a son of God. And we need to begin to take on that knowledge. Uh, we need to begin to take on that identity. I am a son of God. I am a child of God. I am an offspring of God. Right here and right now. I am different. You are different. We are a peculiar people. Now, you won't hear this everywhere in every, every church, but, you know, praise the Lord. I know this is what God has given to us right here, right now. Listen to John, the first chapter, John 1, verse 12. Let me read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. It says, but to many as did receive and welcome, here, welcome him. Here again, this is John, the first chapter, verse number 12 out of the Amplified Bible. It says, but to as many as received and welcomed him, he gave the authority, power, privilege, right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in and rely on his name. To many as received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to them, to you. He has given the power, the right, the authority to become a son of God. 
So if you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, he has already signed off on it. He has already given you the right. You have a right to become a son of God. You have a right to become the offspring of God. You have a right to it. Are you hearing? Oh, this is wonderful. And in Romans 8 chapter, it's going to do a little flipping. Romans 8 verse 12 through 19. Not going to read it all, but I'll get some of it to you. It says, therefore, um, brethren, this is Romans 8 verse 12 through 19 out of the King James Version. And it says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Not anymore. I don't have to obey my flesh. You don't have to obey your flesh. You're above this now. Verse 13, for ye, uh, for if ye live after the flesh, your sinful desires, your carnal desires, if you live after the flesh, that is, if you continue to give into them, ye shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of your body, you will live. This is an inner work. Are you hearing me? Listen to verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led, that is, you follow the promptings of the Spirit of God. You follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. He says, move, you move. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Listen to verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The scripture says emphatically, we call him Father now. Jesus, in the model prayer we call the disciples' prayer, told us to pray like this. Our Father, which art, in heaven, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's telling us that we have become the offspring of God as we receive him as our Lord and Savior. We become more than what we are. You are more than what you are. You possess more than what you see. You have more than what you see. More than what you feel. You are so much more in him. But don't allow yourself to be dumbed down because we look at the natural man around us. That's not you. Your citizenship is in another place. We are citizens in heaven. We're not children of the devil. We're children of God. Does that make sense to you? Bible says in verse number 16, the spirit itself or himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The spirit of God within you should be bearing witness that you are the offspring of God. There's something different about you. You don't have to operate like the natural world. When they are depressed, we can still be full of joy. When they are worried, we have the assurance that God will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When they are sick, we can declare it is by his stripes that we are healed. We can pull on the resources of an invisible kingdom. We are not without hope because greater is he who's within us than he that is in the world. We're called to a higher standard. The Bible says in verse number 18, uh, it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There's glory waiting to be revealed in us. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth. Creation is waiting on the manifestation or the appearing of the sons of God. 
Oh, but children of God, as I told you before, the homeless man is waiting. The man in the cancer ward is waiting. The man on skid row is waiting. They are waiting. The hopeless, those that sit in darkness are waiting on the manifestation. Someone to be like Christ. Someone to resemble Christ. They're waiting on Jesus to come. And Jesus said, you are my body. If you would get up and follow the instructions of the head, this world would be changed. Are you hearing? Before the Lord comes back for his church, I tell you this world's going to be turned upside down. This end time revival is going to be the awakening of the sons of God in the earth. When the body of Christ realizes, no, wait, wait, we're not subject to this reality. There's another reality that we are subject to. I'm not subject to the White House. I'm subject to the Heavenly House. I'm subject to the throne of God. I serve a higher king. Are you hearing me? I'm not subject to these things down here. The bank account may say zero, but I know that I have all resources. All I've got to do is call for it. Are you hearing? You're meant to live above this and never beneath it. There's something different about you. Jesus himself gave you power, right, and authority to become a son of God. You have the right to become something else, something more than what you are. The door is opened. Are you hearing me? You must see him. To become like him, you must see him. To become like him, you must see him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And when you see God, you become like him, and you will also do the works that Jesus did. Let me share with you the book of John, John 5, verse 19 through 20. I love the way the New Living Translation reads it in this text, so I'll be reading it. But you can, of course, read along with me in King James. Again, as we see him, we'll become like him. And as we see him, we'll also do the works of Christ. We'll also do the works of God as we see him. John 5, verse 19 and 20 says this. Verse 19 says, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. Listen to the very next sentence. He does only what he sees the father doing. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Did you hear that? How can you do the works of God without seeing God? When Jesus Christ himself says, I do nothing of my own except I see my father do it. When I see God do it, that is what I do. So how are we going to do the works of God if we don't see him? Are you hearing? Jesus said, the works that I do show you do also because I go into my father. Now we see that we're able to do the works of Jesus because we see God, because we see him. 
And I'm not sure how this is exactly going to manifest, but you're going to see God or perceive him in an atmosphere. And you'll know that this is what God's doing at this moment. And you will emulate him and you'll do this thing and you'll see the you'll see the resources of heaven manifest in this individual or manifest in that situation. You'll open a portal, if you will. If it's too much, I don't know. You'll open a portal, if you will, from another world into this world. Are you hearing? You are designated by God, authorized by God to bring the resources out of another world, out of the spirit, into the natural. You are authorized by God as agents to invade this natural world with the kingdom of God. Authorized. Authorized to bring heaven to earth. Isn't that what the Lord Jesus prayed once again in the model prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That was just not a simple prayer, but it was a command. We have a responsibility to manifest heavenly places in the earth. And only the sons of God can do that. The atmosphere should change when you walk into the room. It should change when you walk into the room. Listen to verse number 20. It says, for the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. This not only applies to Jesus, but it also applies to us. Because understand that Jesus did his earthly work as the son of man. He died as the son of God, but he did his ministry, performed his ministry as a son of man. In other words, as a spirit-filled man. We couldn't follow Jesus if he did his work as the son of God, as God. For how can I be like that? I can't follow that example. But I can follow him being a human man filled with the spirit of God. This is why he was touched with, uh, with, with our infirmities. This is why he, was, he could be tempted in all points, but he did not sin. He walked as a man. He was a man filled with God's spirit. As a spirit-filled man, he did the works of God. As a spirit-filled man, he raised the dead. As a spirit-filled man, he cast out devils. As a spirit-filled man, he multiplied the fishes and loaves. As a spirit-filled man, are you hearing? As the son of God, he forgave sins. Are you hearing me? Rather, as the son of man, he forgave sins. But as the son of God, he died on the cross. Are you hearing me? You have to understand the difference. Now as we begin to close. The Bible says again in verse number 20. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. You will truly marvel. The word will truly marvel. Understand something. Once again, and we're closing here. I want you to know this. When you see God, the word God here is theos. And this theos does talk about the Godhead. But it also talks about the things relating to God or the things referring to God. It talks about uh, his counsel, his interest, things due to him. 
Whatever can in any in any respect be like him. Whatever can in any respect be like him or resemble him in any way. Does that make sense to you? You begin to see him or what resembles him or what is of him. But let me give you this warning. Now, here's this warning. Uh, we may end with this today. I don't know. I have so much more to give you. I'm, I'm not out of word. Let me tell you. Let me give you this warning. And this is what I heard to give you today as well as the rest. So I pray that you will hear this warning as well. Because as God works in your heart, things begin to change. And you will live in a new reality. No longer living as a natural man, as a natural woman, as a natural human being. You'll take on the appearance of something supernatural. Listen to this warning. As God reveals more and more of himself to you because of your heart, because your heart is becoming more and more purified, you will discover that you'll possess a keen awareness of what is of God and what is not of God. You'll have a greater awareness of what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. You will see less and less gray area in your life. It's either it's of God or it's not. It's either it's good or it's evil. Humans color things. The demonic color things and use words like it's all right. God will understand. They color things. But the more God opens your eyes because of a pure heart, the more you'll see there is no gray area. This is not of God or that is God. This is or relates to God and that is not. So you walk into another reality. You can expect to have open vision. Open vision. Once you have seen the real, it's easy to, it's easy to spot a fake. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If the world's been fooling you for years with baloney calling it steak, <laughs> you may believe it until they serve you a T-bone. Amen. 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 And then it's easy to spot a, police, a piece of baloney. You know, it's two different things. But the world has been under some sort of deception. And let me tell you something. There are several times in the word of God where people were deceived. There in the book, uh, there in the book of Acts 8 chapter, there was Simon the sorcerer that bewitched the whole town. And they called him the great power of God until Philip came in. He showed them the gospel of Christ and they believed. Are you hearing me? Uh, with the uh, magicians there in the book of Exodus. They tried to um, do the things that Moses did. They, Moses turned his staff into a rod and they turned their staff into a rod. But Moses' staff devoured theirs up. And they kept trying to counterfeit what God was doing until God took it up to another level. And they had to declare to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. We can't touch this. We can't touch this. 
The same thing happened um, there in the book of Kings with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. The prophets of Baal were running the place under Jezebel. They were running the place and, and the people were no longer serving God until, until Elijah came and told them, if God is God, serve him. But if Baal be God, serve him. Make us an altar. Everybody have their altar. Whoever answers by fire, let them be God. And the people of God served the false god Baal until they saw the real. Until the real stepped in. And what I'm telling you today is that the real is about to step in. The real is about to step in. Just as clear as bologna is from steak, you're going to see the real. You're going to see who's a piece of bologna and who's got the real thing. You're going to see who's got the power of God and who's just faking and shaking. You're going to see the power and the presence of God revealed on the sons of God as we stand up. Because remember, all creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. But we cannot be that way until we see him. And to see him, your heart has to be purified. The glory that awaits you is far greater than the things that you will suffer. Far greater than things you'll have to give up or release. The glory far outweighs the suffering. Are you hearing? The glory that is waiting to be revealed in you. So we've approached this time in history in the, in the time of uh, humanity when God's about to pour out his spirit upon his church. Remember the Bible declares that judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. I wonder where God is going to judge. I believe he's going to judge the hearts, the faults and the intents of the person. After the refining process is over, he then pours out his spirit in great measure. And you'll carry the presence of God, the power of God. Let's go to some hospitals. Hallelujah. Let's go down Skid Row. Hallelujah. We're carrying the presence of God. We'll walk like Peter did as he's walking down the street. And his shadow is affecting people. He's so filled with the presence of God. Hallelujah. Remember, the kingdom of God is not just in word, but it is in power and in demonstration of that power but it starts with the condition of your heart I pray you've heard the word of God we'll stop there today in Jesus mighty name let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise we pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you. And we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.